Hello and welcome to Thriving on the Spectrum, the podcast dedicated to empowering and supporting young adults with autism on their journey towards a fulfilling life. I'm your host, Arpita Mohan, and together we'll explore invaluable insights, expert advice, and personal stories that shed light on the unique opportunities and challenges young adults with autism encounter. So if you're a parent, caregiver, friend, or ally, join us as we explore possibilities to help young adults with autism thrive. Today, as part of our series of episodes on long-term planning for codependent living among autistic adults, we are joined by Usha Rajagopal, Managing Trustee of SV Sharda Foundation. Usha is a professional working with young adults with special needs for the past 17 years. It is her passion and readiness to learn and apply herself hands-on that set her on this journey. She has immersed herself in areas such as vocational training, self-help, independent living, and group living. Hi, Usha. It's absolutely lovely to have you on our episode today. Uh, hello, Arpita. Yeah, it's a pleasure for me uh, on my side too to be here to share uh, a few thoughts on what uh, on the work that we are doing. That sounds absolutely great. And exactly, to kick us off, Usha, could you tell us the story behind Kruha? How did this venture really come into fruition? Uh, yes, as uh, you had mentioned in, my, in the introduction, uh, I've been working with uh, young adults the past 17 years and uh, been working in the area of vocation. And we look at the lifespan of persons with special needs. It is the early intervention going on to a school mode and then on to a pre-voc and a vocational. So what is it that we find through their journey? The, one of the most important things that we observe is the dependence that they have on the basic, the primary caregiver, the mother or the family system. And at that, at every point, what is it that happens with them regarding their self-help? So this is a question that uh, was being observed by both myself as well as my co-trustees. And we often used to discuss about that. So when it came to a certain stage where the young adults with us were, uh, say, 19, 20, we found that they were still very much dependent on the family for many of their things, right from their personal care onwards, though they were getting to be independent in their activities as such. So we really wanted to do something about that. And uh, as a stepping stone towards, uh, uh, you cannot say totally dependent, but as less dependent as possible, as much as possible to that level, we thought we would provide a stepping stone, namely a program which we call independent, where we developed independent living skills in them. And that we found would work very well in a base away from home or away from place where they get trained in their vocation or whatever. So we actually got a farm and developed the farm with activities that would empower them towards independence. So typically what we would see in a youngster is they would be going from one place to another for various therapies and various skill building exercises. So what we did at the farm was to provide a one space where they could have a lot of these integrated. 
So there was therapy, there was uh, training in self-help and training in uh, independent living. So that was the first step towards that. And while we were doing this, many of our youngsters had graduated and out in the world, we saw many youngsters getting employed, many employers willing to include them in their space of work. And when these youngsters keep moving on, they really desired to have something to do by themselves. They wanted peer company. They really lacked friends. And that is what they constantly kept expressing whenever we got to meet them, whether at work or in social circles. So that set us thinking again. And we thought of providing a space to them, a safe space, so to say, because they certainly need some sort of a backing. Our youngsters in the spectrum, especially, they cannot totally take care of themselves and be out in the world. So uh, we sort of uh, put up, uh, I mean, put together a program where they could come, live there, and from there go to work, spend time with their friends when they come, once they come back from work, spend weekends together doing things that would give them a lot of uh, pleasure as well as uh, really, really siphoning all the energies that they have got. So that is where the griha actually emerged from. That sounds really great. And I love the whole like story about it because it seems like it's all from like experience. You are identifying that there was a gap, there was a need and really like built on that. So it's really beautiful. And thanks for sharing that. Um, speaking more about griha. So how did you go about with financing it now that you have this idea about, you know, going ahead with this venture? See, basically, our uh, trust believes in working in uh, niche areas. And we, our uh, founder, uh, S. Vishwanathan, is a person who always looked at the gaps that are there in the society where to which he could really make a difference by addressing that. So as you rightly mentioned, this is a, a gap that we thought we could really address in the area of special needs. And we basically started, have started this on a, we have served uh, the, the funds as such as we are funding it and we are charging a fee from the families. The, um, uh, the basic, uh, what I would say is the, uh, the charges which are, uh, um what uh, the the set the establishment charges are totally borne by us and yeah the monthly charges which would vary uh, from time to time that would be uh, shared among the residents of griha yeah that's the way it would go that's I the way see. it goes yeah it's now uh, 8 months of uh, since uh, the griha began began on the december 4th of uh, 2022 and uh, so yeah that is how we have been running it i see that makes sense and yeah as you mentioned like it's been running for about eight months since like 2022 so there are a couple of residents there so curious to understand what impact this has had or uh, 
on the individuals, like the young individuals who are living in the facility, and even from the perspective of parents and family, how do they feel? Yes, we do interact with them. The one thing is our observation. The other uh, most important thing is the feedback. So uh, we do have what we call a grand meeting once in a while where we talk to the residents. And uh, by and large, we find that they are very much relaxed. One of the first things that we got to hear from them, you know, the usual, uh, we have a counselor uh, who talks to them uh, once in so many weeks. So every time, the first time they came to the counselor, uh, the, it was like, wow, we are out of our home and we are on our own and we are really looking forward to great times. And thereafter, we found a little, uh, uh, yeah, I'd like to visit my family at times. And now has come a stage where they choose. They are able to tell us, see, there is a long weekend coming with all the festivals. Uh, now there is this Ganesh Chaturthi and then after that, there is the uh, October 2nd Gandhi Jayantri, two long weekends. Um, can we celebrate one of them here and one of them at home? So this sort of a choice, looking at uh, understanding choices and being able to verbalize or at least even make known that I would like to do this is something which I observe as a great growth in these youngsters because when they came, even regarding the menu, when we used to discuss with them, it was like, yeah, everything is fine. We are okay. Taste is good. I like it. They were all single words or single phrases like that. But now when we talk to them, they say, you know, auntie, one day we can have uh, the fulkas and another, can you give us paratas? So, yeah, so they it, it really, it, it's wonderful to hear them say that. So that is a very, very lovely thing. And social uh, structure here, you know, the, they really take to mentoring amongst themselves. It's such a beautiful thing that we see. Uh, they don't uh, say, oh, he or she does not know what to do or he or she is not able to do and sit back and just do their own thing. They come forward. Each one goes to the other at a time of need and they express, I am there for you, which is a very, very special. Normally we say that uh, expression is very, very less, but here we find a lot of expression. This comrade which we see amongst the group is very, very heartening. And sometimes we hear from parents also that, my God, my uh, adult has become such a chatterbox. <laughs> it's, yeah, yes, we do find them talking a lot more and uh, making choices. This is, uh, making choices is something which came as a very fantastic revelation to us. That is a very great impact. For the families, it's a very different story. Uh, the families come to uh, came to us actually with the thing saying, we are trying to plan what after us. And uh, we think that uh, the griha would be a wonderful uh, opportunity for them to actually see how they feel living away from us. And for us also, it is a test to see whether we are able to let go. 
and we have a single parent a mother who says i feel very lonely without my daughter but i don't want to be selfish i have to think of her future and i'm ready to sacrifice my own interest or my i would say she used the word happiness so i would uh, my happiness to see her happy and when she went about to talking about griha to her relatives initially she expressed that she was very hesitant to tell them that her daughter has gone to live in another place but later on when we celebrate we had a couple of celebrations here she brought her family and introduced all of them to say that this is where my daughter lives now and she's happy and thereafter we had those relatives touching base with us and saying can we come and visit her there can we take her out for lunch which they never had earlier they've never had relatives coming out to take them out they had only visitors coming to visit them at home at their invitation so these are some very uh, unexpected positive uh, impacts that we hear from parents and uh, other families other couple of other families also have expressed that uh, their relatives who live very far away are amazed at the way the communication of the youngsters has improved the sense of responsibility they find has improved and uh, they really look forward to being amongst their peers at griha so that that was a very heartening thing for us to hear because the question is always there when they go back home one week in the last weekend of the month they go and spend with the family uh, how do they feel when they come back the week after the weekend so all the parents tell us that on sunday evening they are ready to put their things in the bag and say tomorrow morning we have to be there at 8:45 so which is the vehicle which is taking me are you dropping me or is uh, auto coming so they are as ready as that so uh, this is what uh, i can uh, share with you as shared by them it's really lovely to hear the multifold positive impact from the individual's perspective and their family i really find the idea of a feedback loop super valuable other than that the point that you mentioned about building that understanding for choice and sense of responsibility is super encouraging too It can be hard for families to let go but it's really great to see how forthcoming they are over time. Going back to the points that you mentioned, uh, you spoke of how the residents go home the last weekend of every month. What do they usually do on the weekdays after work and on other weekends when they spend their time at Kruha? Yeah, they've got a very uh, structured day. Uh in morning they are up by uh, between they are very early risers you know they are up by 5:45 6 all by themselves no alarm to ring or anything of that sort and uh, they go for a short walk of about 10 minutes just to get the sun onto them faces they come back do yoga for about 20 minutes and then uh, a little bit of uh, uh, setting uh, getting ready for the day their uh, bath and things like that come down for breakfast by uh, by 8 uh, and uh, pack their lunch have the breakfast pack their lunch 
and they are off to whichever place uh, they are going and they are back at uh, uh, by five o'clock by 4 45 5 in the evening they are back then they have they freshen up go for a walk a 45 minute walk come back and they have the evening get together where they light a lamp and sing or say some prayer whatever whatever they feel like but they light a lamp and sit around that for 10 minutes then they come down interact with each other talk to each other about how the day has been and after dinner they have activities they have games so up to 8 30 they are all engaged as a group with their uh, social therapists with them at 8 30 they are encouraged to uh, go to their uh, rooms within this time they actually they, they take turns in uh, doing their laundry in the evening and uh, for that is uh, they learn to operate the washing machine and put the clothes out to dry and those who need to iron their clothes they go iron their clothes all this after the game time and uh, some of them uh, they have leisure activities of doing puzzles some of them do drawing uh, some another person does embroidery so each one to themselves and at times we find them walking across to the other person's room sitting there chatting for a bit and then heading to bed that was lovely that was absolutely wonderful to see and some uh, we have two girls so uh, one of them goes to the other girl's room and then they have chat and then both of them together go to the uh, caregiver's room and then they have a chat and then she says okay good night it's time looks at the clock and says i think it's time you people get to bed and then they switch off the lights and head to their room <laughs> so yeah their days are packed and on uh, weekends hmm, they every, uh, on three weekends they go out on sunday mornings so saturdays are also working days so sort of the same uh, uh, routine goes and on sunday morning they they have drawn up a list of things they would like to do during weekends so sometimes it's a movie and a eat out sometimes it's going to a library sometimes it's a temple or beach or just walk around in a mall uh, and one weekend they choose to do housekeeping yeah they do all the uh, cobweb cleaning and changing of their sheets and all that you know they they are happy they choose we uh, we ask them what they would like to do we talk to them about it and uh, they are uh, they feel quite free to tell us uh, what they want to do sometimes uh, they say this weekend could we just stay back here and just chat can we have somebody over to visit us instead of us going out so okay who would you like to have and then they have a couple of friends uh, whom they have made friends over here or somebody, some uh, personal friend of theirs. Can I go out for lunch with my friend? Say, okay, please, we would like to get introduced to that friend of yours and then you can go. So we do a little bit of check on that and then uh, with, uh, yeah, they go out and come. So these are the way, yeah, that uh, I think, uh, they keep themselves occupied all the time. They don't allow themselves to get bored. <laughs> they organize everything themselves, you know. They, 
there's no need for us to intervene and do anything for them we find which is uh, very very heartening and very beautiful to experience sounds absolutely very very structured and lovely uh they have that opportunity for social and personal experiences which i find really great and more of they also have the chance to engage in other life skills and to me that's really nice we are nearing the end of our episode so to my last question i mean it's been several months since you started graha i'm sure it wasn't always a direct path to success so what are some of those challenges you faced along the way uh the first and major challenge is the acceptance of the parents for the need of a griha type of a setup that's a very very major challenge because what is it that we are offering this is a safe space for an empowered person so the empowered one is happy at home is going to work is able to do all the things he or she wants to do so the parent or the family doesn't have any problem with them doesn't look at them moving away from home at all so why would they consider a griha at all so that trying to get them to understand the concept of looking into the future of the children to make sure that the child is the or their child is able to move away from them see them happy during their own lifetime and make sure that they are safe and fine for the future after after a time when they may not be able to actually do all the caregiving for them that is a major major challenge that is so far as the community or the families go with the youngsters too there is a question amongst those the highly cognitive ones is why should my parent spend on a place like this when i can still live with them why should i move from home see one of the things when there is a television here in the common room then it becomes a tv time very much like home so as of now we are just trying to avoid a television set coming into the living space if there is something that you want to see yeah you are your most welcome to do that in your room you have your uh, tablet or your uh, uh, mobile phone or laptop whatever you want to see you can see in your room but we will not be looking at a common television so there are youngsters who would like to have a common television and big screen and television times loud music that is one aspect another aspect that uh, could be a challenge so far as the youngsters who come in is the uh social norms that they have to follow the social system that they have to get used to at home it is the parents who are used to them the past 20 years 30 years and in many households what the child says 
goes with the parents there is there has been a beautiful understanding already what the child would like and what the parents would like to offer so here is a different setup altogether they have to understand the setup and the give and take is at a totally different level it's not at a parent child level it is not even at a sibling level it is at a peer level so when the give and take is at a peer level it is very very different we find that there could be challenges there could be challenges we they have not expressed so far but we find that there are times there is a little bit of a struggle they go within themselves there is no external struggle but they just sit back and then come forward again so this sort of adaptation to a new environment with mainly the peer group could yeah for each one of them could really be uh, a real work with themselves work unto themselves that could be a challenge for the concept of griha itself at times uh, for example there was one resident we had who came in he said uh, i would like to try griha for 3 months and uh, he was very very clear that he always wanted loud music on his uh, laptop and he wouldn't like to come and spend time with the others in the common space and he does not like yoga and he has no time for going for a walk so given that and he doesn't like vegetables he will only eat pasta and if at all he would uh, he wouldn't mind some uh, upmas and that's it so every aspect of his time here in griha i would say should have been a challenge to him the day routine and the food that we have is what the most organic and uh, the uh, uh, very uh, uh, what i would say uh, satvik and nutritious where you have one with lentils and two vegetables and then roti sabji so this is something which he found very very difficult to contend with but at the end of 3 months he said okay now i'm ready to go home i'm going back home and we said so how did you feel he said i will give you my opinion that's what he said i'll give you my opinion i'll write to you so as soon as he went home the next day he said can i have a conference call with two of you said yeah many many things i have learned i learned to wash my clothes i learned to iron my clothes i learned to eat with friends i thought i could never have friends in my life i could never have anybody who is interested in me but now i find that there could be people who are interested in me we said yeah he said yeah this is what i want to say now so okay fine and then next day there was another huge message was i like this i like this i like this and what i learned was to eat 
vegetables. Two weeks after that, he sends a message saying, today I bought beans, I cut beans, and I had beans for real for lunch. The learning, what is the impact? So I think they're all so intertwined. And this is, yeah, uh, a beautiful uh, journey with them, which we are all enjoying together. What a wonderful story. It's great to hear how these challenges could be turned around and become impactful too. I also appreciate your candidness with sharing the potential challenges from different angles as parents, individuals, and Graha itself. I'm sure acceptance can be a tough battle, but recognizing just how empowered and independent the children are is reassurance that it's a step forward. It's been lovely talking to you on this episode. Are there any last thoughts you would like to share? Uh, we would really uh, love people to explore this concept of griha. This, uh, this is set up in a non-commercial manner. And uh, it's the concept as such is something which we want to pose as a model for replication. It is not that we want to run a griha with 20 residents, want it to be a grand hostel for all the persons uh, who are here in Chennai. No, we would really like to share our experiences and people to take up this concept, try to understand the needs and we are open to understand uh, to under trying to understand what could be the need other than what we have understood so with a certain understanding of the gap we have started the griha but we are open to discussion and uh, brainstorming if there are other ideas here it is being run totally by a group which knows or knows very little about the persons who come to live in there. How would it be if a person who is constantly associated with them in their part of lives? So how would it be if they were part of the some aspect of this? So these are all questions that, have, that are there and we get multifarious answers to that. So right now it's going the way it is. But as I said, we are open to hearing from everybody. If this is a learning and what we have learned, we are happy to share and we are ready to learn more. That's really lovely and beautifully put, Asha. Looking back, what stood out to me uh, through this episode was that some autistic individuals do want to live away from their family, be with their peers and lead as independent a life as possible. Residential living facilities could be a great way to enable autistic individuals to achieve this, while also inculcating a sense of responsibility among them. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode filled with inspiration, support, and hope. 
On our next episode, we will be joined by Mary Barua and will discuss topics related to assisted living at Ananda. Until next time, take care, stay positive and keep thriving.